not happen for an age. What's that? It is a gathering. Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games and Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry, this is episode 42 and part 2 of the Ardacon coverage. If you don't know anything about Ardacon, check out episode 41 and the previous part of the coverage, which is kind of the, the build-up to, to the main event at Ardacon. And actually most of it was recorded uh, on-site at the Ardacon uh, Arena in Manchester at the Mercure Hotel, uh, which was welcoming uh, dozens of people uh, pre... Uh, well, actually, uh, not very many people. Uh, ten people for the pre-event, uh, and then uh, started slowly uh, gathering steam until uh, uh, the, the, the... Well, basically, the events of this podcast. So, without much further ado, let's crack on into this podcast, which is going to be mostly about the, the Thursday of Ardacon, which... Is that right? Thursday? Friday. Friday of Ardacon. Gosh, uh, it's, it's passed by in such a blur. Uh, about Friday of Ardacon which is the chaos in Arda and the doubles. So, let's build an army for the doubles. Yes, that's right, we're building an army. Um, and well, Before I get into the doubles army, uh, I'm going to just briefly talk about Chaos and Arda, because Chaos and Arda is a four-player game where everything's sort of maelstrom of battle. It all appears randomly on the board, uh, and essentially it's it's just a bit of a way of warming up, getting breaking the ice, rolling some dice, getting sort of familiar with some rules, things like that. And I took a, a king on chariot, two chiefs on chariot, and 10 um, Candish Horsemen. So it wasn't exactly uh, destined to win. Um, it was it was great fun. Uh, we were playing up against um, loads of things we'll find out later, but um, I, I, I'm not going to bother telling you about uh, that in great detail because the real the real sort of meat in terms of list building for this podcast is Ugluk Scouts. Uh, we'll be hearing from Michael, my uh, partner, later on. But uh, here are our two parts to our army. And, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit um, later on about the uh, sort of the, the pratfalls and the pitfalls that we fell into for this uh, this army. But let's start with with uh, uh, with Michael's half of the Uglug Scouts. So he's he's got 348 points, 24 models, and he's led by Ugluk for 65 points, of course. Uh, he's got a Scout Marauder with a banner and a shield. Uh, he's got six Scout Marauders with shield, and he's got four Scout Marauders with bow. Uh, then he's also got a second warband led by Mauher, which is uh, seven Scout Marauders with shield and four Scout Marauders with with bow. So uh, in total 348 points, 24 models, so he's slightly under uh, points wise. Uh, I think we might have been able to get a couple of extra shields in there, but I'm not even sure you're allowed. Well, you lose defence or... Anyway, you could have, we could potentially done that, but we didn't have the models, so that's, we weren't getting too worried about it. Uh, my half of the list uh, is led by Snagger. 50 points. Now he's the new one, he's a four-wheeled model, uh, Michael painted him up uh, for this weekend, um, and um, he's got a special rule where he basically he can uh, ignore heroic moves from um, from uh, other members of the team, uh, other members of the army, and uh, kind of move off in different directions or just move later uh, in the sequence. So it feels like it's the sort of rule that could be useful but isn't likely. But he does have uh, three might, and uh, you know that that's that's probably what he's going to be used for in in the rest of the uh, rest of the podcast. Uh, joining him is an orc with a banner, four orcs with shield, uh, three orcs with 
spear, uh, Grishnak with a shield, for, and four orcs and a shield, three orcs with spear, and also an Urukai scout captain with two-handed weapon, uh, with an Urukai drummer, and four marauders with shield. So in total, that was 350 points. So we're slightly under by two points uh, over the army, uh, over the 700 points. But we've got a solid, solid army there. So so that's the doubles list. And I, I must say, um, I've heard good things about Ugluk Scouts. And I believe in the previous podcast, uh, we spoke to George, uh, who had won uh, an event in Nottingham. And uh, he used this uh, around the similar points mark, 700 points, I think it, it was, his was. Either way, I think the problem with this list, or the difficulty with this list, I suppose, is is working out exactly how many orcs you have uh, as a ratio compared to Urukai. So the main bonus of this list is you've got uh, animosity. So if you've got an orc and an Urukai in combat, not including spear supports, uh, you get a plus one to wound. Um, and of course, that's, that's really, really good. But the downside is you've got to work out You've got to squeeze enough Urukai in to make sure you've got four in the right places because they don't have the spears. So it's a bit of a tricky balance to find, well, I do want spears to give me some support for maybe for my heroes, maybe in the vital places, or, you know, to to really stack things in my favour in certain areas. Um, But on the other hand, you want the Orc and the Urukai in in the same uh, uh, sort of combat, so uh, to get the the bonus to wound. So it's a bit of a tricky balance, I think. Um, I hope I I, kind of got it right. Um, um, in terms of a balance for orcs uh, and urukai, but as we'll find out later, it might have uh, been a bit of a disadvantage for doubles having uh, the structure like this. Because we thought it'll be great to have urukai, uh, Michael leading most of the urukai, and me leading most of the orcs, uh, and that would be all great and fun. But it turns out maybe not the wisest move, and you'll find out why when we crack on with the games in a few minutes' time. But first. It's back to the tournament hall, it's back for Chaos in Arda, and also back to tournaments for so many people. I mean, I've I've been to one or two, um, I've missed one of course, uh, but and a few people have been to more, but this is a really big tournament, uh, 80 plus people, uh, of course not as big as usual, usually it's sort of two, uh, 250, but um, obviously with uh, international uh, people not being able to get here largely, um, it, it's been severely diminished. Having said that, so many people coming down and meeting together again playing toy soldiers maybe for the first time ever at a tournament or certainly for the first time in a year and a half in a competitive environment so i decided rather than focus on the actual game of chaos which is a bit bonkers um i think it's worth just having a chat with my competitors uh, fellow players and just finding out how they feel about being back playing dice again I'm already late! Late for what? I'm going on an adventure! So the start of the main event at ArdaCon and it's Chaos in Arda and Chaos in Arda is an unusual game, it's four players playing against each other, there's a whole mess and there's no strategy, nothing really to talk about other than just how silly it all ends up. But before that I thought let's have a chat to some of the players because this is the first big tournament many people have been to in a very long time and I've got Ben, one of the players. And how do you feel being in a room with toy soldiers and lots of people and, and it's slowly filling up after all this time? Oh, it's very, very exciting. Uh, I can't wait to get started. 
I'm really nervous. I've never done a tournament before. Right. And I've not really got any idea what's going to happen in Chaos Nada, except I can see there's a big catapult and I'm expecting some of our troops to get shot off the table now. <laughs> Absolutely. There's catapult trolls and there's there's chariots and there's um, elves you've got as well. And, and I don't know what Damien O'Byrne is uh, is going to bring, but he'll be turning up in a minute for the Chaos Nada as well. But um, just generally, so you say first tournament. I mean, was there any reason that you chose Ardacon? What, what What's brought you here? Um, well, it's got quite a big reputation, I think, uh, across the community as quite an exciting one. Um, and that's what drew me in, the fact that there's a lot and lot of people coming to play. Um, yeah. So. so even though this year it's it's about a third or thereabouts of the, the usual numbers, it's still going to be pretty full um, today. I mean, there's there's a good 80 or so people here already. And, you know, it's exciting. And so for the, for the main event, are you bringing more elves? Is it a Last Alliance theme? I see some Numenorians in the box. Yeah, I've got a Last Alliance theme for the whole week. Um, got a bit of Elendil, Isidore, uh, Gilgalad bringing in there. I've gone pure infantry, because that's what it is in the films. Nice and thematic, I love that. Yep, that's what I'm after. Bit of theme, then it means there's no pressure on winning. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good way. You're here to, here to have fun, soak up the atmosphere, maybe learn a, a few pointers and all that sort of stuff, I, I'm imagining. And do, do you regularly play, or, or are you relatively new to the game? Uh, regularly play with friends. Um, but we had a time out for a couple of years whilst going through university and then came back to the game just at the start of lockdown and had something to do throughout the whole of the time being locked inside the house and just painting up hundreds and hundreds of miniatures. <laughs> I think we've, we've all been there. We've all got a few uh, uh, armies that need dusting off and playing for the first time after, after all this time. Well, Ben, I, I hope you have fun and I, I can't wait for the, the tournament to start. Yep, good luck. <laughs> so the second player for Chaosanada is Sean Creed, and um, you've clearly gone for full th fun here at the Chaosanada. Just say what you're you going to bring for the main thing. Yeah, uh, so yeah, here for Chaosanada I've got a troll chieftain leading a mortal troll and a mortal troll catapult. That's the way to roll. I love it, I love it. And I mean, Chaosanada is just a bit of chaos, literally. Uh, it's fun, um, a nice sort of icebreaker to help meet people. But I, I'm guessing over the, the course of the tournament, you might be bringing something a bit more competitive. I've seen you playing uh, playing some good armies in the uh, in the past. Yeah, so for the main singles event, I've uh, got Minas Tirith actually this year. Um, it's gonna be uh, Boromir and Hurin. Uh, together, I've had some practice games, uh, done fairly well with it. So hopefully, I'm yeah aiming for a, a fairly high finish, I guess, nice. as we all are. Of course, of course, we all are. Yeah, I mean, well, I say that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping to win, but I'm not expecting a win. But either way, I mean, I, I know you, you've mentioned just before we had a chat that um, uh, that you have like a round robin with a couple of guys in the local area. But have you been to many tournaments since since things all started getting back to normal? No, not that many tournaments. I've done a, a small one in Bristol, um, but it's fairly been just playing with local friends, I guess. So how's it feel being in, a, in, in the, the Articon Hall with you know nearly 90 or so nerds? Oh yeah, it's really exciting. I'm really glad to be back here uh, since I came a couple of years ago. Um, just looking to have some fun, get some games in uh, and see what happens. Excellent. Well, enjoy your, enjoy your day in your tournament. Cheers. Thank you very much. The final player for Kersenada, it's Mr. Damien O'Byrne, the SBG magazine extraordinaire. I've already started reading it, by the way. Fantastic line in the introduction about um, darkness and light when we can't go out. And, oh, yeah, I love that line. That. Yeah, I it, believe it was uh, 
we hope they offer a light in dark places back when none of us could go out. That's it. It was a it was, so it was a great line, and I've I've only read the first uh, first article, but that was that was fabulous. Genuinely pretty tough for that. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a really good one. And um, but yeah, magazine extraordinaire, battle streams of Middle Earth, and and all the other di different stuff. But today you're back at a tournament for the first time in 18 months, I assume. The GT which was Mar March yeah, or February, just, just before everything closed down. So how's it feel to be back? Awesome. I, I got real. I haven't been here in two years at the Mercure and coming in yesterday, I was like, wow, it gave me a proper little goosebumps feeling. So it's really lovely to come back where maybe you thought, was it going to happen? Would it happen ever again or whatever? So that's quite exciting. That's yeah, because yeah, there's, there's been this spectre over the, the last couple of years that, that even even if it, it could all implode, and you know, because it's a very expensive event to run and, and all that, and who knows? And I, I, I certainly wondered whether it would be back next year and this year, but either way, it's great to be here. And, and you know, you've got, you, what have you brought for Chaos and Arda and then what for the main tournament? So Chaos and Arda, I've brought some Ents because I've painted them up, um, I don't know now, a few months ago whenever Treebird came out. Yeah. And I haven't used them yet. So I was trying to part of my goal was to use models that I've painted up recently and they uh, beach bone and two ends works out as um, bang on the nose for 400, 400. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope it works out bang on four yeah it's meant to be 400 anyway yeah and yeah, 160 and two 120s yeah okay. so, um, I was like yeah that's done so I'm, I'm trying that out Amazing, amazing. And um, for the main event, I, I believe you've been told you have to run something more competitive <laughs> because there's only four or five That's, members of your team now. Is, it? is that 600? Is yes. That, yeah, so it turns out that Treebeard with the Hobbits beat one of them. One of the heroes. And then four other, 400 yeah. other points. There's a, there's a way of doing it. I think it's Treebeard. Treebeard's Be 200. Beach and, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. But four ends yeah. um, would be perfect for that. And my, my teammate said, you can't take that. You're going to get spanked again and again and again. And so um, I've, I've fallen back on my Return of the King Legendary Legion. Uh, okay. So that's because I've, I've had some success with it in the past and I haven't played the game in years. But, but the pressure's on because, you know, the, and you're not the only team that's, that's sort of lost <laughs> members. But, you know, there's about half the numbers that you would usually have. So, so yeah, the, the, you, you, and you've got to reclaim the, the title, haven't you? Your team won last year or the, whenever it was we won in 2018 I think uh, yes yes and Knotts won last year yeah Thanks for reminding me. Two years, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'll just rub it in one more time. Um, you didn't win last time. Didn't win, didn't win. <laughs> but um, I, either way, I mean, we're just about to start Kersenada. Um, Damien, have a great tournament, and um, let's have some fun with Kersenada. Absolutely. So, Kersenada's finished. We're well, for, for me anyway, and for Ben. Um, but Damien and Sean are still playing, and they have a troll versus an Ent in the finale. It's very exciting. Ben, um, you had a kind of a, a lot of elves and I had a lot of chariots there were a lot of monsters but that was just so much fun wasn't it yeah it was uh, great fun um, from all the squishing to all the squashing absolutely hilarious switching positions good fun it is crazy and like, things like Glorfindel disappearing off the board and appearing near the trolls and the same with the the, the Ent and the, all these sort of random things that happen and just so many epic duels with the monsters of the Ents that are currently happening uh, it's very exciting and, and, and actually you know you've done very well you've got 10 points you've narrowly be second I think unless something dramatic happens with Damien in this turn and he gets a load of points but it's just so much fun what, what a great way to break the ice yeah, it's absolutely fantastic way to start the, the uh, tournament. A uh, good way to get to know people and start rolling some dice again. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just going to uh, commentate a bit on the sidelines here. So a, a troll has, has just beaten Beachbone in the combat. We've got three dice going down. Oh, it's, it's a double six. It's a double six. He takes out Beachbone in the final throws of the game, leaving Sean as the victor. 
Congratulations. Round of applause there for, for Sean. How do you feel having won Chaos in Arda and a, a, a vi final victory with a troll taking out an end? Oh, it was a hilarious game. Yeah, really good fun. Excellent. It's just, just so silly. Damien, one word. There you go, a bit of fun at Quesanada uh, with those guys. It really was a, a great game, actually. Um, you always sort of wonder with Quesanada what you're going to come up against, and I quite enjoyed the fact that we came up against such ridiculous lists. We've got uh, trolls, catapults, um, and ents, uh, and some elves as well, including a, a, a nasty elf hero. So I really enjoyed that, uh, and it was great fun. Nice icebreaker just before lunch, before we crack on with the doubles. With that in mind, let's introduce... Our first doubles opponent. So game one of the doubles with Michael as the partner and uh, Ugluk Scouts leading. I had the Orc contingent mostly with some Uruks and you leading the uh, Uruk high with the, the Ugluk. And first of all, Michael, what did you think? Oh, I thought it was going to be an, an interesting matchup, shall we say. Um, it was nice to play the lovely new Dale figures that, mm. um, that um, Tim brought to the table. Um, but I knew the dwarves were just going to be a hard nut to crack, and that's what it proved to be. Absolutely, yeah. So the, the object, I can't remember the name of the scenario, but essentially there's a, you divide your forces into two bits, and uh, each of them face off against each other. So we've got leaders against leaders in the middle, and then everyone else arrives via Maelstrom. We're playing against Ryan and Tim. Uh, Ryan, you got to lead the dwarven contingent right in the centre against the Uruks. Did, did you think that was a, a, a good place to start, and you know, how, how was your plan going to develop from there? So fortunately, I got to deploy in the middle and sort of bank myself in against a house and a fence so that I couldn't get surrounded, and I was just planning on not dying. Stay there as long as I can until Tim comes and saves me with the new day all. But I actually ended up killing far more than I expected to. Um, so the Oryx went down pretty quick. But the, the tide of the game turned a little bit once the Orcs arrived and then the day all arrived. So it was that's what kept it close throughout was the fact that there was a lot going off in the t on the table. Yeah, so we're fighting over five objectives as well. And there's one objective in the middle and four scattered around the, the, the corners of the board as well. And and that, that I think, w was almost the, the, the tide because your, your guys at the... the um, the Dale Force had enough time to then sort of sweep off over to the left-hand objective and contest that one. But you had so many guys in the middle that we were just never going to shift you off that, were we? No, that's it. The thing is with the Dwarves is you put them there and with the banner re-roll in Defence 7, they're just not going anywhere very quickly. So it all depends on how fast you can get the rest of your army to then support you, especially in a scenario like this, uh, which made it a very interesting game in that sense. Yeah. But you, you killed so many Uruks. I mean, it must have been 15 in the, the first two or three turns. It was it was pretty quick fire. Yeah, the, the throwing weapons helped in that. There was a couple turns when I got to move first where I was killing maybe two or three models a turn with the throwing weapons. Um, strength three against the defense four or the five is just pretty pretty handy. It's pretty brutal. And then uh, move over to Tim and the new Dale models. You must be the first person in a tournament to be able to use these Dale models. How did they perform for you? Um... It was, it was very interesting actually because I brought some normal spear guys as well and it was, it was just trying to understand how to use them um, above or alongside the normal spear guys and actually I think ultimately they're good in, in support roles, yeah. they're good against the counter charge. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a shame we were so far on, on the board edge away from the main bulk of the combats really um, so I don't think we really got to see him in the full potential in this game No, but we did get to see um, Dale's shooting potential I mean you had about eight bows plus Girion and Zelf and, and you must have taken off five or six or seven uh, Uruks just in the while you were marching as well so you did a lot of damage on the way in Yeah, it was a bit of a trade-off between moving and, and actually shooting um, I think in the end, yeah, they did the, 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 did the job 
got rid of some of those fight four orcs to you know hopefully leaves the dwarves winning the fights again yeah um, exactly and that's a good point because we had a lot more orcs in this this force but once you'd whittled them down and because they're all hanging around at the back because they got no spear supports you were able to pick them off quite easily but then then of course once the orcs arrive there's a fight three bit uh, building things up and it just wasn't quite enough of the high fight value to get everything everywhere but the the animosity when it finally kicked in it started doing the work yeah. didn't it no, definitely and, and by that time as well we could get the the spear sports in there so you know um, it was a case of timing and, and right at the end yeah they, they they were in the place where they needed to be talk me through the last turn as well because there were a couple of very important things that could have <laughs> swung it much further to to your way you won five four a narrow win but yes. there are a couple of things that, that just went our way which staved off you having a much more substantial victory yeah so there was one objective that had, um, a couple of scouts had moved on to quite early that I'd, I'd noticed them trying to attack and so I'd, I sent some troops in to try and hold them off at least and mm. you know deny a, a point at least um, we had a chance of winning that one um, it, it was one arc at the end because I, I picked one off with an archer as well beforehand um, against two spear guys um, unfortunately Eric won that so mm. um, that was contested in the end um, and then there was you know a a lucky chance to pick one Uruk off at the far objective. Um, yeah, drummer via three fences. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was a bit of a decision-making time at the end with Giri and whether to get him in, um, which we did in the end, get him into combat or to actually make use of his heroic accuracy to try and get through those um, in the ways. Um, as it happened, uh, it would have probably been better getting him to use his heroic accuracy. But well, you say, you say that, but you, you pulled a really good move. You had the captain of Dale and Girion uh, charging into Grishnak, who just was kind of fencing off Ugluk. And um, there was a decision in uh, Michael and I, uh, I's sort of mind of as to what to do there, because we could have uh, we could have called a heroic combat. And if we won the roll off, our combat would go first. And even if we lose, you can't move, uh, which is fine. Um, but. That, was a fi- that relied on a 50-50 roll-off, whereas the way we did it, we struck and relied on getting three points, uh, a, a roll of a three or more to strike above Girion, shielded with Grishnak, and hoped for the six. And, and it paid off because we did manage to win that combat pushy back and stop Girion and the captain going into a gluck. Absolutely. That was, you know, that was the decision we make. Is it, do we go for the one point that we can get for um, clearing your guy off the objective, or do we try and get a... a, a a wound on Ugluk. Yeah, um, and you probably would have killed him with, with the situation he was in. He would have been trapped and, and you had a good six or so dice to, to win the fight and you had the higher fight value. So, Tim, it, it's, been a, it's been a brilliant game. It was really close and, um, and, and great fun for, for the sort of first yeah, competitive feeling of a part of uh, Ardacom. Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, a lot could have happened. Could have easily gone either way. Um, but, yeah, I think it was a, a well-distributed game. My fault. Onto onto the big tables. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and Michael and I are heading down as as expected. <laughs> so just before the second game, Michael, um, how did you think the first game went? And do we have any good ideas for the second? Oh, I'm not sure about good ideas for the second, <laughs> but the first game was really really good actually. It was, it, because it was exciting. It was close right up to the very end. We could have nicked a draw, but it, but it also could have gone either way. So I think that the, and we've learned some lessons as well. I think in terms of how we work the two forces together. Absolutely. The, the one thing that we definitely did badly was the, the the division of the army should have been different to have orcs in both of our armies so that we get the um, animosity rules but I think I think it, it worked out in the end because we managed to sort of turn the tide sort of at the end not a win but it still turned the tide enough to do things but I, I like I, I think this one we've got got some potential some good strategy we're playing a similar army to our own but they've got a ring wraith instead of um, the lots of alerts, but they've still got the Uruks and Cribine and things like that. I mean, do you think we're do- going to do okay? 
I will have to wait and see, actually. Mm. Yes, this, 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 I've not played the Dark Marshal before, so that's going to be a bit interesting. Um, and the Crebine, I don't think, that we'll be seeing how, what sort of effect they have. And they've got some crossbows, so it's going to be a challenge, but I think we're with a, with a shout. I think, we've, I think we've got it, Michael. We're going to do it. Right, let's get into the game. <laughs> game two of the Ardacon doubles, and we've got Chris and Carl taking on the Ugluk Scouts. I'll summarise while Michael tidies up the table. Um, thank you, Michael. Um, so, Chris and Carl... Just give us a summary of your uh, your separate parts of the list, and then we'll have a brief chat about the game. Okay, um, I'm Carl. I was uh, running with Lurtz and some Crabane and Vrasku, and um, uh, the uh, basically it was a a big um, a big uh, what was it? Gr- uh, Big, big, big amount of Uruks, is that what you're yeah. trying to say? There's just a load of Urukai yeah. and... Yeah, basically it was Urukai, Berserkers and uh, some Krebine and um, yeah, that was it. So let's throw them in and, uh, you know, do some... Do, do some, some damage. Uh, yeah, do some damage, some uh, meat, meat grinding. Meat grinding, meat green dying, that's the stuff, that's the stuff. And that was all deployed on the, the right-hand side flank as you looked at it. Uh, and, and just tell me about your half of the list. So my half of the list was Mordor, run by um, the Dark Marshal mm. and, uh, and Grishnak, Running basically a load of orcs and a banner, a few uh, a few trackers in there, and yeah, it was a really really tough game. Really, it was, it was down to the end, wasn't it? We got we got broken. Uh, we we tried to hold a building, but the the right flank was was pushed so hard by you guys that we didn't we didn't manage to get any. Uh, any orcs in there? Yeah, that, that, and that was a special oath. So, just to contextualise things, this is a scenario called Clash of Champions in the uh, middle, uh, the, the, the pl- match play guide. And the idea is, we've got to track how many uh, kills each of our contingents' leaders uh, get throughout the game. So, uh, Michael's leader was Ugluk, and my leader is Grishnak, because um, we we didn't do, do a wise move in terms of the uh, uh, the division of labour between the orcs and the orcs. And you had the Dark Marshal and Lurts. And I think the crucial thing here was the Dark Marshal's magic really paid off in those, in, in, especially those first couple of turns. Mm, yeah, the, the first game I uh, I sent the Dark Marshal in after a couple of turns because it just looked like a tasty elf. And uh, but after that next turn he was uh, bogged down by elves. So this to this game I just tried to keep him back and and concentrate on his magic casting. I think that paid off. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean uh, we've got one will on all of our heroes. I mean, we did roll a six once, which helped, but um, uh, but either way, that neutralised at least one of the threats and it meant that, that Grish, uh, whoever was the alerts, alerts could get in. But Lurtz struggled though, didn't he? He didn't quite kill anything until about three orc. turns in in the he, end. He killed an orc. Yeah. There we go. He did. He really didn't do uh, a lot at all. I mean, I kept throwing him at Grishnak, but he just really couldn't uh, really couldn't translate any you know any kills or anything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so he killed an orc. Yeah. I mean, what more can you ask for? Well, it was enough though. That was the important thing. The enough uh, was the one kill from him. The Dark Marshal managed to kill an Uruk in the end. Sadly, Ugluk and Grishnak failed miserably every turn. Snaga killed four or five berserkers. Uh, Mauhair uh, killed loads of orcs as well. All of the heroes, except the two that I wanted to do killing, did a lot of work, which is always a shame. But I think the magic here made made a real difference, didn't it? And and that that just neutralised them long enough for you to just get that one pip over the fence. Even so, I think I'm calling Snaga as man of the match for uh, constantly pushing back. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's fight four, so he shouldn't yeah. be doing much work, but he had enough might, he just kept pushing them back and kept killing the berserkers and kept doing things like that. And it was great. I, I think the animosity as well um, between the orcs and the Urukai worked really well in this game because we, uh, we moved our Urukai 
over to the flank um, and pushed and surrounded orcs and kind of denied your other side so we focused in both of our heroes on one of your flanks and then it just meant that we had a lot of killing power there but the, you have a lot of models we had a lot of models it was just took time to, to actually yeah. wade through the the dust and uh, and the move-offs and all that sort of stuff meant that heroes were trapped in the middle when they perhaps didn't want to be things like that but either way it was a great game and I think um, you did really well to to just hold hold everything at bay for the for long enough because we had a lot of killing potential there yeah absolutely but I say it was the transfix I think that really helped so that was that was the uh, the crucial part of the game so you, you just couldn't fight back yeah, we couldn't do anything about it. Good game, guys. So 5-1 to you. That means we're going even further down the uh, leaderboard and you're winging your way to the top. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you very much. Great yeah, game. absolutely. Thank you, Harry. It was brilliant to uh, play against you guys. Oh, great. Thank you very much. We enjoyed it, I'm sure, too, didn't we, Michael? Yeah. Indeed we did. Yeah. Right, final game of the doubles. So it's round three and uh, we're playing a scenario called Cornered. Now, Cornered is uh, where... It's a slightly odd one, so... Um, one, one side has half of their army in a circle in the middle, and then uh, our side encircles them in a sort of six-inch bubble around that, and then uh, the other half of the enemy has to deploy on the edge uh, within three inches. So it's all about the, the sort of guys coming to rescue the people in the middle. And we're playing Charlie and Joe. Charlie and Joe, we've got it the right way around. <laughs> and and um, first of all, just summarise your, your half of the list, Charles, and, we'll, uh, and then I'll come to Joe with uh, ask him about his. What, what have you got with you? Uh, so, Azog's Legion, uh, so Bolg as my leader on Warg, with 10 good or bad orcs, 4 berserkers, and a warbat. So, Maxine's out to 15, uh, was my half. Yeah, that's your half, and a solid, solid leader. Uh, and what about yourself? So, we've got the Forsaken, 12 hunter orcs, a Merkwood spider, uh, Nazog, hunter orcs, times 3, uh, another three hunter orcs and six fell wargs. And three of those hunter orcs had bows. Had bows yeah, 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 yeah. So a couple of those had bows. So not loads of bows, but a few, which is uh, honesty bows. And um, first of all, when, when you saw the strange deployment and bogs trapped in the middle and uh, we deployed all of our uh, uruks, it's almost as close as we could, um, with the bows facing inwards, what, what did you think? Did you, did you kind of get an idea of what our, our aim of the game was? Uh, I think we were tempted to send Bolg in and we took the bait and then we got trapped in by a load of Uruks um, and we were dying for the support that didn't really come. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think because we we managed to pin off part of the the battlefield and and just just hold off the line and hold the hunter rocks off for a long long time. But crucially, it, it all came down to that shooting. Yeah. Um, it was all about the uh, eight eight Uruk bows that we've got. Michael, is it? Eight or he's nodding. Uh, eight Uruk bows and. Um, I, I said to Michael, this, uh, the, the Corsair players who pestered me earlier in the week, shooting out Amda's horse, taking the heroic combat chance away, I want to do that. And that's what happened every single turn. I felt for you. It was hard. Yeah, it must have been, what, five turns that Bolg didn't get a single combat in. And then when he finally did, he was on the floor right. from the arrows. So yeah. yeah, I think we killed three orcs and then uh, took out the... Uh, so he didn't have anyone to charge away from. And then we took out the warg as well. It was brutal. What, what was the cost of your Urukai bows? Um, I think there were eight or nine points each. Yeah, so... So whatever that was completely shut down a 175-point model without the duration of the game. So yeah, that was absolutely brutal. But well played to you guys for, for doing it. Well, I mean, it, it worked well. And I, I think... On the ball- it, it was it was a little lucky at times, but I think especially the wounding because I think going into it, you're always likely to you're always in with a good shot, aren't you? That, that is true. I, th- I think we did 
we, the wound rolls on our own orcs were, were what did it. But I, it denied. It denied. I think we did have lots of mitigation plans in case every time we lined up the warriors to to sort of protect against the potential heroic combat if the bows didn't do the job. But it was just never needed, and um, and that just allowed us to surround the Gundabads using the animosity rules and the higher fight value on the Gundabad orcs. Early on, we took out a couple of the berserkers and things like that. It was just trapping, getting an orc and, a, and an uruk in, and, and getting that animosity plus one bonus. And it was just it was just a lot of death quite quickly early on. Yeah, it was. Um, kind of didn't expect it. Looking at your army, we thought, oh, they're going to charge in and they'd eat us alive because we, I think we sort of played ourselves a bit wrong at the beginning, but wasn't expecting the bow fire. But yeah, definitely, definitely worked the tactic. Do you, do you think there's anything you, looking back on it now you would have done differently to, to either save Bolg or give Bolg a chance of doing combats or, or even in deployment uh, I think that the whole game you, you need to sort of survive as long as you can until your second half of your army come and I think we dived in too quick thinking that Bolg could stay alive without the second half of the army so maybe just hold off a turn or two to give the, the armies a chance to meet up yeah yeah, I, I think that's a good point actually because if, if you stayed in a bubble in the centre for even one more turn that would have that would have helped the hunter orcs run in and and you would have saved the day. Yeah, I think the first thing I said to Charlie when I saw your list was that's a lot of might. So I think we were aware of the middle with Bolg, so we wanted to get him to come back as soon as we could to kind of move him out. But no, we just weren't able to do it. Fair play to you both. Yeah, and, and I think the problem also once you got tarpeted at one end of the uh, sort of slightly away from the objective, and that that was one of the things we, we uh, Michael and I had spoken about, which was just making sure that Bolg moves ten inches out of the circle and then everything will have to follow and then it might be easier for us to swing around and, and claim the central objective which is worth four points we didn't end up killing the leader or wounding him but Ugluk didn't do anything other than a final one one chance to get a kill on uh, Bolg at the end he didn't kill him but by that point it just, just didn't matter yeah uh, yeah. I think you made the most out of your heroes I think Bolg obviously done nothing uh, Narzug sort of picked a banners but didn't really work and then the Nazgul just sort of yeah didn't really punch through very hard so um, your heroes are munching through our troops yeah well uh, either way guys I think it was a 9-3 victory to us but um, it, it was a really cool army some lovely bases as well but I, I just think yeah at the, at the, once once that, that bowl lost his wag and kept fighting orcs it was it was almost sadly a done deal I don't know I think there was much you could do about it than pray that we don't get that wound sadly yeah yeah, yeah it was good good fun good game good game good game very good game very good, good. fair play to you both thank you and there you go I felt I felt awful I really did I felt awful for that one because uh, the technique that had been used on me earlier in the week um with with uh, my Easterlings uh, see previous episode at the uh, the sort of pre tawny um, for Ardicon um, that technique of the Corsairs used to, to just deny Amder the kills uh, for Contest of Champions was was used to ruthless effect uh, by uh, our, our Urukai bows there shooting out Bolg um, but more importantly shooting out a single orc that charges Bolg uh, every turn and I felt I felt bad I felt cheesy but ultimately I think this was the game that we played best uh, out of any of them I think we played the first game really well um, uh, catching up um, because we were I think to be honest I think we were at a big disadvantage at the start of that because of our, our major flaw in our list building which was not having the orcs mixed in with the urukai in each of our uh, separate warbands and and that comes down to knowing the scenarios and this is something that um, usually isn't a problem for me because um, I've played a long time I know the scenarios I play regularly enough that I can I can sort of at least have a vague idea I mean I'm not going to say that I build every list 100% knowing 
following this that's going to be smashing every scenario but um in this particular incident uh, there was no there was just literally no kind of knowledge on mine or michael's behalf of our, of any of the double scenarios six of them and a lot of them actually divide your two forces apart they, you know and there are more that, that we haven't played um, that again divide your forces and um, it's worth knowing this for the future if your if your army relies on a, a bubble effect or, or or a special rule like the animosity rule that we had in our Uruk, um, uh, Uruk uh, sorry Ugluk's Uruk's then it can be really, really bad for for your army. So, I mean, so against um, Ryan at the start, his uh, Ryan and Tim, Ryan had the uh, the dwarves, uh, Thror and his his really hard contingent of Grimhammers and or Guardians of the King, I think they were. But anyway, um, and that just meant that that we had plain Urukai fighting up against Grimhammers against the Defense Seven, and they just were not bunching budging an inch gosh I'm, I'm all over the place in my words in this episode but either way they weren't budging an inch and uh, uh, they were killing you know we our Urukai were dropping like flies and only when the Urukai uh, uh, the, were joined by the Orcs in the sort of latter half of the game did we actually start to to see the strengths of the Ugluk Scouts and, and, that, and, and that almost turned the tide I mean it was very close it was only a VP or two in it wasn't it in the end um, uh, you'll, you'll probably remember better than I because for me it's been a while since the actual game but uh, for you it's only been an hour um, but either way it was it was fascinating uh, to use Ugluk Scouts I really really rate them um, I think the list that, I, that we ran the 700 point list that we ran um, including the drummer the scout the scout was an absolute monster uh, sorry scout the captain Captain, scout captain was an absolute monster with a two-handed weapon he, he he just just destroyed people with an orc in there uh, with strength five and the two-handed weapon he was just brutal and chopped through stuff like nobody's business um and just saved the might pretty much for um uh, for for winning fights if it was really necessary and and uh, so i you know i actually really rate the list it had a lot of models uh, it had plenty of might um, it struggled against uh, you know bigger heroes like Bolg, but even then, we had the uh, the shooting tactic there to deny the Bolg his any any effect. So, really, I, I'd highly recommend it. I'd recommend trying it out. It looked really cool on the tabletop. I love the scouts. They're they're one of those tricky armies that y you think they're going to look be really hard to paint because there's so much brown. Um, but actually, I think Michael and I both found that that painting the scouts. They look great, even if just just using a few different shades of brown, the, the little bit of variety by putting a, the, the white hands on the shields and stuff like that. I had a great time painting them, and I think Michael did too. And combined with the orcs, uh, Snagger and Grishnak, Grishnak's fine, Snagger's fine, but ultimately they're really cheap. They're 50 points or thereabouts and with shield uh, for one of them and not for the other, but, but loads of might and uh, a strike on Grishnak. So actually... I really rate this force. I think maybe it could be a com competitive force that I might take to a future event with the drums for the move, the 8-inch move as well on the top of the drum is 11-inch move. It's very fast with bows moving 5.5. You know, that's solid. Um, I really rate it. With that in mind, uh, that brings this part of my Articon coverage to a close. Um, there's another episode incoming and that'll have the answer to the riddle in the dark and all the other stuff uh, that'll be coming in a while it's it's not going to be straight away this has been a short one but I, I like to be drip reading you this Articon content hopefully to space it out a bit before the next big event which uh, I actually don't know it could be uh, it could be sometime in September so either way uh, um, 
and also I've got a house moving in between then so some of my toy soldiers may be buried at the bottom of a, uh, a pile of cardboard boxes for a while um, and also that that's probably the reason why there's no video content at the moment if you're listening anytime in August or, or September either way um, thank you very much for listening on we will be back uh, with Articon coverage and you will find out how my Eastillings fared do you think they're a good list? I've got Amder, I've got the War Priest, I've got the King on Chariot with some horses, I've got a couple of cataphracts and a drum, um, I've got Black Dragons, I've got four or five Acolytes, I've got a lot of stuff. 600 points, 28 or thereabouts models. Do you think it has the chance to succeed? I've been aiming for four wins. That's what I'm going for. You'll have to find out in next episode whether I can achieve that. Blurum. Blurum.